Well, good morning again, and uh, isn't it great to be able to hear from Jordan uh, this morning about some of the things that God's doing in her life? Make sure that you check her out and pray if God would have you involved in her ministry. I'm excited to dive right in. We're beginning a new series today through the book of Haggai. Some people say Haggai, some people pronounce it differently, but um, we're going to say Haggai, uh, and we're going to walk verse by verse through this in the next seven weeks um, through this book. It's a, it's a phenomenal book. There's a lot packed in here, and we're going to take our time over the next seven weeks and, and talk about it, because I think one of the things that I have loved as I've studied the book of Haggai um, leading up to this series is I've loved the picture of resetting. I've loved the picture of rebuilding, right? And what a perfect time for us to rebuild because a lot has changed. A lot has happened, right? A lot has shifted. Um, some people have, have shifted from working in an office every day to working at home. Some people have, you know, uh, uh, changed um, uh, different different ways that they do things and how they grocery shop and how they communicate, and how they interact with other people. A lot has changed. And so we're going to talk about that. And one of the things that I wanted to point out this morning is Haggai, the prophet, is going to be talking to his readers, to his listeners, about rebuilding the temple. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that uh, probably every message for the next seven weeks, because that's really the theme, is that Haggai is calling them to rebuild the temple, the house of God in that time. But in Ephesians chapter 2, we see uh, Paul tell the church at Ephesus, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. And in the New Testament, we are the temple, right? We are the body. We are the temple in which the Lord lives. And so God is rebuilding us as the body, right, into a, a, a uh, a, 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 you know, into a family that, that glorifies him and advances his kingdom. And so as we look at rebuilding the temple in Haggai, we're going to internalize this as rebuilding ourselves, right? And we're going to reset some priorities. As we said at the very beginning of COVID months ago now, what a tragedy it would be to get at the other end of this and nothing change. To get at the other end of, of this pandemic and all of those things and nothing change. And so I want us to look at resetting priorities. I want, to look, I want us to look at that this morning. And we're going to start this with a message titled, Putting God First, First. Putting God First, First. And so if you're taking notes, write that down. I encourage you to take a section of your notebook right, and just make it Haggai. And, uh, and so if, if you're looking for the book of Haggai, it's towards the end of the Old Testament, almost at the end of the Old Testament. Go to Malachi and turn left a little bit, um, and, uh, and you'll find Haggai. It's a very small book, just two chapters, but we're going to start in verses 1, 1 through 4 this morning. And let's read it together. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak the high priest. Verse 2, 
Okay, so we get the we get the lineage there. We get the we get the the folks there that that this message is coming through and coming from. A lot of significance there. And then verse two, thus says the Lord of hosts: These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet: Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? I want you to underline that word "paneled." We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Hey, I want to pray. I want to pause. I want to pray real quick that God would give us ears to hear because I believe this message is so important for your life today. God, open our eyes to the scriptures today. God, open our hearts to what you would have us say about rebuilding our lives. Whose house are we building right now? And so show us your way and your will through your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look as we begin to look at the book of Haggai here, it's important to note that when the foundations of the temple were laid in Jerusalem, it was the year in the year 536 BC. Okay, 536 BC. So that's about where we're picking up here in this passage. And and and, and when the foundations were laid to rebuild here, and, and we're going to talk about that again as, as time goes on, the younger men shouted for joy. They shouted for joy at the rebuilding, at the process, while the older men wept. Ezra chapter 3, if you want to look and, and, and go and dive into that just a little bit. And here's the truth. Haggai, and the reason, and the reason they wept, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, but Haggai had probably seen this temple, probably seen Solomon's temple in its glory. And that's important to note, that he had seen Solomon's temple in its glory, operating when when people were there and, and things were happening. Have you ever gone back to an old town that, that you had been to before? And 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 in, you know, in the days prior, it was hopping, people were moving, places were open, and now you go back and it's run down, things are closed, and and, and all of that. Think about that with the temple. And here's the truth: it doesn't take long for zeal to cool and God's people to grow apathetic. It doesn't take long for zeal, for passion to cool and God's people to grow apathetic, especially when opposition begins. Especially when opposition begins. If you know someone maybe maybe real passionate about a project or real passionate about a work, and then and then even just the slightest questioning, even just the slightest thing that can be viewed as opposition, it may not even be opposition at all, derails the whole thing, derails the whole mission, gets people discouraged, gets people upset. It doesn't take long for passion, zeal to cool and God's people to grow apathetic, especially when opposition begins. You, you know what? I've been thinking, we cannot allow, we cannot allow, somebody say cannot, somebody put it in the chat, somebody get excited with me this morning because I'm going to preach a little bit if that's all right. Okay, we cannot allow the enemy to divide the church right now. I believe right now is a is as pivotal a time as ever for the church to rise up and be unified. And let me tell you something, church. If the devil can get us disunified, he wins. 
And we know the end of the story, right? He doesn't win in the end of the story. And so we've got to make sure that we're maintaining the unity of the church and staying passionate about the things of God in His house so that we stay unified. So that we stay unified. That was free. Back to the temple. It doesn't take long for zeal and passion to cool and people's and God's people to grow apathetic, especially when opposition begins. The temple went unfinished from 536 BC to 520 BC. 16 years, okay? 536 to 520 BC. 16 years. And what Haggai the prophet is doing is he's calling the leaders, he's calling the people back to encourage them to get back to work to refinish, excuse me, to finish rebuilding the temple. To finish rebuilding the temple. He's calling the leaders and the people to encourage them to get back to work to finish rebuilding the temple. And here's my question for us today as we dive into this. How do we need to be sure to rebuild right now? How do we need to be sure to rebuild right now? We're going to answer this question over the next few weeks because that's all of chapter one. Haggai's answering that question, how we need to be sure to rebuild right now. And point number one that we're going to talk about today is putting God first in our life first. Putting God first in our life first. Now, if you're an English teacher, that's driving you absolutely crazy. But we talk about, okay, we got to put God first, right? And I'll do that eventually. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll schedule that in. No, 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 no. Listen, we've got to put God first, first. So that, so that the things of God, um, like, like Dallas and I talked about last week, so that the things of God drive everything in our life. The scriptures talk about everything that we address in day-to-day life. We've got to put God first, first, so that this is what drives our life forward. So that this is what drives our life forward forward. Put God first. First, the first statement in this message that Haggai um, 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 talks about, verse 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. These people say that the time has not yet come to rebuild the house. Hey, I'm working on my own house right now. I can't, I, I, I don't have time to work on the house of the Lord, right? I, I've got some things that I'm doing. I'll be there eventually. I'll get there eventually. It's not time, okay? And so we see that this message, the first statement in this message went right to the heart of the problem and exposed, hear me church, exposed the hypocrisy and the unbelief of the people. Why? Because their focus wasn't putting God first. It's not time. Look at verse two. Look at verse two again. Thus says the Lord of hosts: These people, these people, the the, the readers here, the listeners of the of, of 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 Haggai, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house. Why? Three things to point out here. Number one, excuses, excuses, excuses. And one of the things I love to say about excuses: this is free too. Um, excuses are like armpits. Everybody has them, and they all stink. Isn't that, isn't that true? Isn't that true? Let's go to some more sophisticated um, explanations on excuses. Billy Sunday called an excuse the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. The skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. What are the lies that we're buying into right now that are excuses? I don't have time. 
I don't have time. And we talked about this too uh, uh, earlier on in COVID, right? And, and, and listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I know for some of you, things haven't changed. You're still going to work every day of the week. You're an essential worker. You're maybe even working harder than you've ever worked. I was listening to, this, to a sermon earlier this week that said the church building is closed, but the church is busier than it ever has been before. And, and, I, and I could buy into that. I see that, right? But, but, but there's never been a, a time, I believe, like this, where we have no excuse to get, to get closer to God. No excuse, right? A, a lot of us are, 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 are make, have, more, have more freedom in the way that we're scheduling things. We have more freedom in the way that we're doing things. The, the skin of a reason is stuffed with a lie. What's the lie that we're believing that's, that's leading to some of the excuses that we're making in our lives. Benjamin Franklin wrote, I never knew a man who was good at making excuses, who was good at anything else. I never knew a man who was good at making excuses, who was good at anything else. And what are some of the excuses that we're making right now? Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. The time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Now here's, here's one of the things that, that these older people were thinking, right? And the reason they were weeping over the history and the tradition of the temple that they were missing, right? And, and so these, these younger people, they were excited to see the temple be rebuilt because they wanted to get back to action. And yet the older people were grieving, right? Were grieving the tradition of the temple. And here's one of the, one of the things, that, one of the historical things, and you can go back and check this, um, but, but when the temple uh, 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 um, stopped, right, when, when, when things stopped happening in the temple and, 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 and they went into this period, right, where it needed to be rebuilt, right, and, and the temple was, was, was taken to, 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 to ruins, they said that it would be 70 years, 70 years before the temple was rebuilt. And here we're picking up, right, at about 50 years. So 20 years before the tradition said that the temple would be rebuilt. And here's one of the things about excuses, right? Well, it's not been 70 years. Some of us let our tradition stand in the way of a move of God. Some of us are letting tradition and the excuses of, well, well, it's not there. It doesn't make sense yet. Um, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not yet time. I'm not ready. I'm not educated. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, is God really in this? Right? Some of us are letting the tradition of those things. It's not the way it used to be. This isn't how we've always done it. Some of us are letting the tradition of things, right, affect a move of God. Haggai comes, the word of the Lord through Haggai. It's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild. And for some folks, they had, right, in their minds, 70 years. I don't know if you're like, you're like me. Some of you might be like me, right? When I get something in my head, a timetable in my head, that's it. And then if, and then if something changes with that, I'm thrown all out of whack. Here God was shifting things, changing things. And the people said, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not yet time. It's not yet time. And they used it as an excuse and the thing we have to look at, is it a call of God or our preference? Is it a call of God or our tradition? 
Number two, the second thing we've got to look at is evidence. What more evidence did the people need that God's time had come for this? How could they doubt that it was God's will, listen to me church, for, the, for them to rebuild the temple and restore true worship in, 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 in Jerusalem? What, what else did they need, right? They certainly would have known the words of the prophet Isaiah about Cyrus in the book of Isaiah chapter 44. He is my shepherd and he shall shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, you shall be rebuilt and the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Now listen to me, church, and this is really important. By stopping their work, the Jews were admitting that they had no faith. Somebody say no. I just want to make sure you've got this. I want to make sure this is extremely clear. No means no, right? And so what the Jews were admitting to is that they had no faith in God's word or in God's power to accomplish the work, to perform the work that he had led them and called them to do that was all laid out in scripture. And so by Stopping by, by, by delaying the work, they were admitting that they had no faith in God's word, right? I mean, I've, I've, I've talked to people, um, you know, that, that, that say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to go on this mission as soon, as soon as all the money hits the bank. No, decide, decide. Make the decision to go and watch God show up. One of my biggest fears, one of my biggest fears for the church of today is that we've become so much people of reason that we're not taking steps of faith. That we're not taking steps of faith. That we're standing on that ledge and saying, God, I see where you've called us. I see where you've called me. I see how you want me to move. I see how you want me to work in this. Maybe show me by putting all the money in the bank account that we need to do that. And that's what the Jews here were doing. Or show me by, you know, doing this or that. I remember the first time I went ice fishing. I remember the first time I went ice fishing. I did this with God. I did this with God. And I was trying to make a big decision um, in the church and some of our leaders. And, and I was ice fishing out there in the middle of, of the, the pond and uh, on ice. And we had a four-wheeler out there. It scared me to death. We put a grill out there because that makes sense to this Southerner. That we're going to take a hot grill and put it on ice and drill holes into the ice and, and put these lines down in there and then just wait for a flag, right? So I'm sitting there. We had set all the uh, uh, lines. We had, we'd had breakfast. I'm sitting there, right? And, 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 uh, and, uh, and, and waiting for a flag. And, and, and I started talking to God. I started talking to God because that's what you do when you're freezing and you're sitting there waiting for a flag, right? You just start talking to God. And I said, okay, God, if you want us to do this as a church, I need to see a flag right now. Like, show me. Show me, right? Like Moses on the mountain in Exodus, right? Show me your glory right now. God, if you want us to do this, I believe that you can have a fish bite that line and show me your glory. And guess what happened? <laughs> Flag, right? And I said, okay, God, got back to my seat, right? We went, it was just a nibble. It wasn't a real bite, and, which happens all the time in ice fishing. Some of you ice fishermen, you, you, you know that, right? And, and, and so I sat back down. I said, okay, God, 
I need to see it again. Just to make sure, just to be clear, right? Just to be clear, show me another flag, right? And how often do we do that with God? Right? How often do we do that with God? God, it's not enough that you've brought all these laborers around me. God, it's not enough that you've, that, you've, that you've shown your power again and again and again and that your track record is perfect. God, it's not enough. God, I need to see more. The evidence was there. In light of all this, on what basis were they refusing to obey God and build the house? On what basis were they refusing to obey God and build the house? I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to be one of those people that someone could write about and saying, by stopping his work, by staying comfortable, by not sharing his testimony, by not sharing his faith, by not doing this, by not doing, and you know, you know, God's putting it in your heart right now. God's putting it in your heart right now, but God's putting it in your mind. You know the conversation you need to have. You know the decision you need to make. By stopping their work, they were admitting that they had no faith in God's word or in God's power to show up. I don't want to be that person, and I don't think you want to be either, right? Number three, the third thing. We've looked, at, we've looked at excuses. We've looked at the evidence. And number three, I want to read verse four again. This is so good. Is it a time? Is it a time? And I love how Haggai, you know, you, you can kind of look at Jesus here, right? Because Jesus answers every question with a question almost, and, and, um, or a story or a question. He's a good preacher. And, uh, and Haggai here asks the question, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? I told you to underline that earlier. We're going to get to that. While this house lies in ruins. And what Haggai is getting at here is that these people were so inconsistent. They were so unreliable. They were so focused on themselves. It wasn't time to build the house of God for them, but it was a time to build their own houses. That was their focus. It was a time to build their own houses. And and get this, because I love Haggai's dig here. And and when you read it at first glance, you may not see it as a dig, but Haggai's kind of getting at them here. He's kind of pushing them here because some people had built not just ordinary houses, but paneled houses. Now that word paneled is important because a paneled house in this time was a type of house that kings built for themselves. And so we're not just talking about an ordinary house. We're talking about a paneled house. And so Haggai asked the question, is now a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses, your cushy living, right? Is now a time for you to be cooped up there and comfortable and safe while God's house right? What does he say? Lies in ruins. Haggai's getting after the heart of the people. Is now a time for you to be comfortable in your paneled houses while the house of God lies in ruins. They were focused on themselves, not on the house of God. They were focused on their house, building their house, not God's house. The house of God was was lying in ruins, and yet they were comfortable, so it was okay. So it was okay. This makes me think of Matthew chapter 6 as we jump over to 
Jesus and the gospel, Sermon on the Mount, right? He's preaching. Longest recorded sermon we have in Scripture, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus is talking. Do not be anxious about your life. Whew. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on, is not, this is Jesus talking. Hear me, church, this is Jesus talking. And, and, and just pretend right now, as I'm reading this, I want, you to, I want you to hear the voice of the Lord, right? Jesus asking, having this conversation to, with you right now, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. It's not up to the birds, but the Father feeds them. Are you, hear, hear me, some of you need to hear this, are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Somebody say, all these things. All these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, here's the truth. If we go back to Haggai, right? They hadn't heard this promise. They hadn't heard this, this sermon of Jesus, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't just lie up in your, in your paneled houses, right? All comfortable, right? Cushy living, right? Don't, don't do that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble in itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Haggai's congregation would have never heard that great promise, but the principle behind the words of Jesus was written into the law that they would have known and some of them would have had memorized. This law would have been read, meditated on day and night, right? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, cross-referencing, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Get the, get the promise here, verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with enough. Right? That's what it says. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And so the same thing, right? Jesus here, as he's preaching, right? He's, he's bringing a promise. He's bringing, uh, uh, you know, the truth of the law, right? To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Honor the Lord, Proverbs 3, with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Malachi 3.10, bring your whole tithe into the storehouse. See if I don't burst the doors open, right? 
What a promise. What a promise. It's obvious, it's obvious that the people, that the Jews, that Haggai's writing to had their priorities confused. And they weren't, and they weren't thinking about the promise. They weren't thinking about the law, right? Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your produce. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Listen to me, church. When we put God first, when we put God first and give Him what's rightfully His, we open the door to growth and maturity and the kind of stewardship that honors God. Let me read that one more time. When we put God first, first, and give Him what's rightfully His, we open the door to growth and maturity into the kind of stewardship that honors God. And we talk about this in three ways as a church. We talk about this in three ways as a church. If you just took the base camp that we did on Zoom, then, then, then you just heard this because we, we talk about this often. I think there's three ways in which we, we honor God and we give, right? And we give, we give. And, 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 and one of the, the first one is time. 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 Right? How precious is our time? We've already talked about it, right? I don't have time to, to rebuild the church. I'm, I'm rebuilding my house. I don't have time to you know, come to the fall cleanup. I've got to rake the leaves at my own house. I don't, I don't have time to do this. I'm, I'm doing this you know, here. You know? and, 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 and so we, we're so focused on time. In fact, I think time is, is, is at times harder to talk about the money these days within the church, right? Because time is so precious to us. But what would it look like if we said, okay, God, you've got my time. You've got my time. I'm giving you the first fruits of my time. I'm giving you the best of my time. I'm giving it to you. You've got my time. Number two, talent, right? We've all got a gift. If you're taking breath right now, if you're breathing this morning, you've got a gift. You've got a gift, and God has called you to use that for His glory within the church to edify and advance the kingdom, right? I think of Dallas last week who, who, who preached with me an awesome message. Many of you have texted me this past week and said, we should hire that guy. That guy can preach. I'm not sure how I should feel about that, but what a gift Dallas has with preaching. He's also got a gift with basketball, right? He, he, and, and, so, and so God has gifted Dallas with some incredible things, and Dallas is using both of those gifts for the glory of the Lord in his church to advance his kingdom and to glorify God. What a beautiful picture, Right? And so God has called us to do that. And some of us think, oh, well, I don't, I can't preach. I can't share my faith. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm shy. I'm not a people person, so on and so forth. Listen, 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 listen. We need folks in, 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 in every gifting, right? If your gifting is mopping, you can use that gift for the glory of the Lord. If your gift is administration, you can use that gift for the glory of the Lord in His church. Whose house are we building with our time? Whose house are we building with our talent, with our gifting? And number three, whose house are we building with our treasure? Whose house are we building with our treasure? We've already read it in Proverbs 3, right? Um, uh, uh, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, right? Bring your whole tithe into the storehouse. We honor God with our treasure honor God with our treasure. And again, whose house are you building? 
Whose house are you building? And as we begin to start talking about regathering, as we begin to, 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 to come out of this thing, and who knows that there's going to be a second wave, and I'm going to be sensitive to all that, and we're going to be you know, safe and, and, and all that. But, but, but hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. As we begin these things, as we move these things, as we begin another week, whose house are you going to choose to build? Whose house are you going to choose to build? And as you look inwardly into your temple, right? How am I honoring God with my time? How am I honoring God with my talent? How am I honoring God with my treasure? You know, as you go back to the core values of our church, passion for God, right? A heart for the scriptures and the word of God, community, right? That's a big one, right? Some of us are going to have to regather all over again. Don't neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but all the more as the day is drawing near. Some of us have gotten really comfortable not being around people. and We're going to have to force ourselves to get out in community and re-engage in the community and, and all those different things, outreach and sharing your faith for the advancement of the kingdom, generations, discipleship, pouring into one another, putting with each other, life on life, living right that's re that's 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 building the house of god that's building your temple and building other people's temple listen 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 that's the focus and so my question for you today church is how are you going to rebuild how are you building your temple how are you building your temple and i want to pray for you there is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins. Let's rebuild. Let's rebuild. Let's rebuild. And so today as we pray, ask God to show you. Ask God to light up. Ask God to light up. And the way that we've got a light right here that's lighting me up and that is making it hot in this office I'm going to ask God to light up the areas in our lives where we're comfortable, where we're not focused on His kingdom, where we're making excuses, where we're ignoring the evidence and the track record, where we're avoiding. And so God, light it up. Light up the areas in our lives where we need to do work. Light up the area in our lives where we need to grab a hammer and a chisel. Or maybe we just need to ask you to grab a hammer and a chisel and just come and, and chisel away. To refine us. To rebuild us. Or maybe to build us for the first time around these things of using our time and our talent and our treasure to glorify you and advance your kingdom. But God, I ask you to ask that you'd have your way in our hearts. God, I ask that we would ask some tough questions today. And maybe have some tough conversations today to build our lives around you and the things of you. God, may it not be able to be said of us that they revealed that they had no faith in you, in your word are in your power. But God, may it be said of us that they took bold steps to glorify you and to bring others to your name.
whatever it takes, God. I pray that you have your way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.